What is this? For the mess. Can I begin? Uh huh. It's the chill kit. I got the cards to the deck you should deal with. I got the flows to nod your head. Can you feel it? I put the beans in the bag and I will never spill it. Yes, sir. Damn right. I keep it low key. They must got all time as if they say that they know me. Hey, welcome to the For the Masses podcast. My name is John Barrett, your host. Hey, I'm back with a banger. Uh, I just think every week's a banger. You know, I'm super excited for every guest we ask on just because I feel like every guest has something like super valuable to offer. Right. So but before we get into the guests, like we have admin tasks we have to take care of. So please follow us on all platforms at For The Masters Podcast on YouTube at JB The Masters Podcast. Hey, we're a year in, you know, 40 episodes in. Let's continue to grow the show. Please go on Apple and leave reviews. Right, please rate the podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, and let's continue to grow the show. I'm, I'm super grateful and like blessed for the opportunity to like talk to these people that you know have so much to like add in life, and you know, and I know that they're providing a lot of value to you. Now, so the young man I have on today, he's a believer. He's a he's a fellow Christian, and um, he has a unique story. Um, I'm looking forward to learning more about it. Um, he's in a very unique space um, that I think we need representation in and he's you know giving his testimony any chance he gets and he's standing boldly so without further ado i'm gonna welcome emo to the podcast my brother hey. emo, how you doing thank you thank you appreciate you having me and um i'll definitely have to go back and watch some of those episodes send you a, send a shout out your way for sure i love the nah. i love the logo or the graphic <laughs> hey i appreciate it bro i appreciate it bro and um like I said, I know this is going to be an amazing episode. Like I said, like very unique story. So, Emo, where's your, where's, what's your name from? Like, wh- where are you from? What's your name? Me. Uh, yeah. So my name, my full name is Emo Ocasio-Otu, and that's Nigerian. So I came to America when I was like around two years old and then lived in Northern Virginia basically all my life. So, um, yeah, the DMV, basically born and raised, <laughs> but not born, I guess, just raised. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, um, so obviously you came here since you were two. So, like, you, you don't really remember how it was in Nigeria too much? No, nah, but I, I'm, I'm planning on going back in September, hopefully, God willing, with my family for a wedding. Because that'll be the first time I've been back and the first time um, the whole family is going together. So, that should be a great trip. Well, that's awesome. So, like... So did you grow up Christian, like, when you, like, came yeah. to Nigeria? Like, your family, whole family's Christian, just grew up in the church? Yeah, my parents, they met through this ministry called Full Gospel Ministry, which started in America but had a big influence in Western Africa and just spread all, all over. But um, they met through that ministry, got married pretty quickly after they met, and then, like, um, yeah, they just they won a lottery, went to the U.S., and I think God brought us here for – or I know God brought us here for a reason. But – um. But yeah, they raised us Christian, and yeah, I was basically just they'd be waking us up at like six a.m. in the summer <laughs> just to pray and worship together. We'd have worship nights where it'd be like three hours deep with like other friends or like family friends and stuff. So I was all around it since I was little, um, and I think that's a big part of my testimony, which we will get into. But um, but yeah, basically, I've been it's just been a part of my life since the get go. That's awesome. That's awesome, and. And, you know, we'll definitely get into your testimony, but there's a there's another aspect of your life that, like, I think people don't initially think, oh, like, that's what he does, right? 
And um, so I think yeah, like yeah. let everyone know like how you got into skateboarding and like you know or just that that whole like wh- whatever else you do in extreme sports like how how'd you get into skateboarding? Yeah, so actually I got into skateboarding when I was like eight years old. Just like a neighborhood friend like showed me his board, and then my first board was actually like a it was like a half scooter, half board that you could fold up. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I just tried it out, and I was doing other stuff when I was little, but um. I skateboarding stuck for me like probably in middle school when like eighth grade I was playing other sports and I got hurt like playing football and I was like do I really want to do this I played soccer too but um I was like I just want to focus on one thing and I felt like skating was just the most interesting to me because of the unique like I guess like a solo activity like solo sport but you're still in community but um it was just like you don't have to depend on someone else to be like oh we won or that was a good time it's like it's just up to you if you're having yeah. a good time or not. So I, I like that aspect. I wasn't really a fan of, of rules and all that growing up. So skateboarding, I really drew near, or I really drew near to skateboarding. Yeah, I mean that's a unique sport just because. Uh, I mean, obviously it's like a niche sport, right? But it's also like you got to have super discipline while you're in that sport, just because like you you make your own practice, you make your own schedule up to a certain point, you know. So like you just got you just loved it and you just like took to it, huh? Yeah. And like, honestly, the more I've grown up, I would even consider this like it's weird how once you grow up in it, like, I guess like once you get out of like the contest scene as much and like you're not trying to get pro be pro anymore, it's less of a sport and more just like an art or like a way to like just express yourself. And you're like, like, I like making skate edits just for fun. And it's like just a way to express myself, put the music, uh, the slow-mo, all that. So it's, it's just in- interesting how different people take it or take to it because a lot of people weren't even hyped on it being in the Olympics and stuff because it's just a weird community <laughs> where yeah. people are like, oh, it's art, it's a sport, like half and half. That's so cool. Though. So like, how does this sport work? Like, is it like, like, how do you become pro and like, what's the role there? And like, how does that work? Um, Honestly, it's, I say now it's almost like rapping, maybe you just got to get noticed. But you, I mean, but you can do it through contests, but um, I guess if you're around the right people, like if you're in the, the scene and be, just find a good crew, make a video, people start noticing you on social media too, um, you can get pro just doing that. You don't even have to enter contests at all. So it's, it's just, there's so many ways you can do it. Like some people just make it through YouTube. There's, there's literally no rules, which is good and bad <laughs> but yeah. like there's companies that are like selling more boards than like the biggest skate companies and they've started off youtube and they're just selling to little kids because they yeah. knew how to market to little kids so it's like they've made themselves pro they're not even a part of the real core industry but like it's just like um i don't know it's just a free-for-all basically how you can make it that's awesome so what, do, what does pro mean like what does it mean to be pro i would say pro is just like you have your name on something you're getting like the not royalty or i don't know what you'd call it but you get a percentage when you sell stuff with your name on it that's what i think is pro i mean you can yeah you can be a pro and get paid just for like doing demos or comp or in contest competitions but like once you have like your name on a board or shoe that's like the real stamp i think of like who's like really a core pro that's dope and are you a pro no, 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 I didn't make yeah. it that far. I mean, I like, I, I kind of made it to the, almost the AM ranks because I had a decent company flowing me boards, but like it wasn't AM because they just give you boards every now and then through the shop. So that's a way you can make it too. It's like you get on the shop, company starts giving you boards through the shop, then they reach out to you when they see that you're riding their stuff. But um, 
it just didn't get to that point because I just, I don't know, I went to college. There's a lot of different things on my mind, but that's also part of my testimony because I remember growing, in college, I was thinking it was because of school and stuff that I, I kind of fell off skating as much. But really, it's probably because of partying and all of that when I look yeah. back at it, <laughs> but I just blame school as the reason why. Nah, most definitely, most definitely. So everyone listening, uh, I, I've seen videos of uh, Emo Skate, and um, he was a phenomenal skater. I just to like, like to like, you know, talk about it. And um, you know, he did have a few sponsorships, so he was a phenomenal skater, and um, still is. You know, obviously, yeah. he's in it for different reasons now, though. So that, yeah, I still that, got, I still have my sponsors too, which is crazy. So I'm just, oh really? I'll take, I'll take free stuff. <laughs> like I still have like some the sponsors I had since I was younger, like um, the local skate shop, Fairfax Surf Shop. And then um, Ramtech is like a bigger ramp company, but the, I used to work for them and he get, he just will give me ramps if I want and stuff like that. And then a clothing brand, One Collective, they hook it up. It's a local brand, but um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, it's still cool just to feel like represented by, uh, like it just, I don't know. I think being sponsored and skating is almost like joining a team in other sports because we don't have like teams. Yeah. So like when you get on a a skate team it's like you're getting sponsored and then that's like your crew so you just feel like oh people actually think i'm good you, you just it's just a good feeling to be a part of something that's so cool that's so cool so so i would i would say like for you like well and everyone listening he's talking like in a past tense about it because he kind of like he, he has other interests now and passions um but like let's talk about like this so you came up you came up skating um you had certain obstacles that took you away from you know skating and things like that so let's talk about like that like the obstacles that you had while skating like should i get into my testimony i yep. guess or let's do it let's do it okay yeah because i i feel like when i was skateboarding i would say um growing up i was like oh i'm the one percent i don't i don't smoke i don't drink or like probably throughout middle school high school and then i don't know because i was just trying to focus so hard on being pro so that was like a yeah. good mindset for me it's just like i'm not gonna go into the like the woods by the skate park and just smoke and get in trouble like yeah. some of the other kids were um so i was just out there grinding and then like when i went to college um i don't know that's just like a lot of things change in my mind regarding um my faith just because there were just different um things that growing up I didn't really like that was forced upon me either by the church family I don't know just different rules like yeah. oh you can't wear earrings you can't wear a hat like going into the church or or um I mean not saying like those are like little things but there are bigger things like I don't know like finding out where the image of Jesus came from in the yeah. Catholic church and stuff like that and just realizing like okay this isn't like what I thought when I actually look at the history behind a lot of these things, I'm like, it's not really biblically based, but I didn't really look into the Bible for myself either. I was yeah. just like, I know, like a lot of people probably noticed just the, some of the hypocritical or the, just the way Christianity was used to control people. Um, so I started noticing that. And then that was just my excuse because I wanted to be part of the world. So I was yeah. like, I still believe in God. Like I never didn't believe there was a God, but I was just like, I don't fully know how to live this life because I don't know if all these rules are necessary or not. So I might as well just go the opposite full direction. And because if I'm not living it out to the fullest, why should I even like have, have to do it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just went the opposite, just didn't care anymore about like um, doing things like drinking, smoking, whatever. And then like, I just went to, um, I went to George Mason and I was like an infraternity and 
I wasn't planning on doing that, but it ended up just being something I fell into. And then because of that, it just made me party more because that was just kind of how it was at Mason. If you weren't a part of a club or yeah. anything, you wouldn't be going to parties. But if you did join, that's like all you did. So it was, it was just an in- interesting dynamic. But um, but yeah, during that time, like going to all the other spectrum and just kind of seeing everything and trying everything, I just saw towards the end of college just so much like death in it and my wake-up call was literally one of my boys that was probably like we had, almost had the same birthday like his birthday was two days after mine he was like same age as me we grew up skating um and he was uh in warrington virginia like my where i grew up in high school and stuff and um he overdosed on heroin and he was like doing well he had a kid um and then i think he just slipped up and then usually that's how it happens people slip up and they don't realize they can't handle it and then they just overdose so that was like the first really close person that i had passed away from that but i knew a lot of people in the skate community um and just in general that passed away during that time because that's like when it wasn't really being addressed as much like the opioids and people doing like xanax and then going to harder different drugs and from there but um or yeah, different types of painkillers and then going to other different drugs from there. But um, but yeah, so that hit me hard and I just realized like, okay, I'm not doing these hard drugs. Like I wasn't really doing much, but I, I still was not being a good influence to the people around me. And I realized I had to just stop everything basically and stop like going out as much, stop um, like, yeah, just the things I knew weren't Christ-like so I could be a better influence because I did have other close friends, which were the crazy part of my being in the fraternity was I knew God brought me there for a reason. Once I realized the two people that were on my left and right, because they lined us up by height, ended up being the people that I was closest with, but the people everyone hated the most because they were just always getting blacked out, drunk, and just doing the most and yeah. always on different drugs. And um, it was to the point where like people didn't even want them to be coming out but I'd still be chilling with them and I was still cool with them, even though I wasn't doing what they were doing. But um, yeah. but then I saw they were getting into harder and harder drugs and hanging out with the wrong people. So I was like, all right, let me let me try to be a better example and try to actually help my friends because um, I don't want to let what happened to my other boy happen yeah. to them. So then, um, yeah, so I, I kind of turned around, started going to church again. Um, and this, was in, this was in college. Yeah, this was my senior year. So my senior year, I literally started going to like campus ministries like my last semester senior year um never did it throughout college and then like like thursday nights i used to go out every night then instead i'm going to bible study and i started even having bible study in my um like house and stuff with some friends and like we'd be like drinking beer whatever but we still be they'd be open to it a little bit so it was chill and like that was just me realizing okay god's been tugging on my heart for a little while now because he was putting other things in my face like um just Christian music. I didn't even know about Christian rap till like senior year. Like I knew about like some whack Christian rap growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know they were like, oh wait, I can go on SoundCloud and uh, Spotify and find like stuff I like. Like yeah. it was a whole new wave. This is like 20, 2017, 2016. So there's a lot more music and stuff. So that helped me too, just to not have, um, I don't know, just to have more refreshing um, music and stuff just around me. And, um, it just helped me keep going in the right direction. And then also I started meeting Christian friends that were, um, or Christian people that were around my age group, which I didn't even know was a thing. Cause I was so far in the darkness of like 
that party scene and everything that I forgot yeah. that there were even Christians like in my age group because most people would just be making fun of it at that time when I was in college like if, if it was ever brought up it was just like a joke so when I started meeting those people which was divine which is like a whole nother story <laughs> but like yeah. um yeah just got like brought these people to me and then I was taking my other friends that were in the party scene to realize oh wait you can actually have fun with people um and do things without having to be like drunk or um yeah, like you can be sober and have fun basically. So so that was a good um, way for me to like really ha start having a personal relationship with Christ. And like, that was when I kind of decided for myself and it wasn't like, oh, because I grew up in it, I must do this, but okay, I'm choosing to do this and I'm reading the word to understand it for myself. And that's like the biggest difference. And that's like, someone even asked me the other day at a party um, one of my friend's birthday parties, she's like, are you going to um, force your kids to uh, be Christian or whatever? And I was like, I mean, I believe like taking your kids to church as a, while they're young is definitely a must. Yeah. I think people that aren't Christian believe that because it teaches them morals and um, different things they need to learn when they're young. But um, but I'm not going to force, I can't force them to have a relationship with God. Like I'll, I'll just tell them all the great things about it and where my joy comes from and all of that but I will make sure they know that they have to have that personal decision and walk in it for it to really transform them. So I'm not gonna just think that I can control that and expect it to work because it didn't work for me. <laughs> I yeah. had to find it for myself. God has to do it. Like God's the one that saves people, not us. So um, so yeah, I, I, that was just a random because <laughs> it literally happened recently. But, um, but yeah, so after college, I kind of had ways where I was like in and out. Um, of like being really strong in the faith because I was still like, I don't know. I think a lot of it dealt with was, I dealt a lot of things I dealt with was because of lust and not really knowing um, how to navigate that part of my, yeah. um, just my journey because I don't know, there's just, it's just easy for the enemy to um, make you not feel um, confident in yourself. So I, I never really was dating anyone and like, I, when I did want to date, it just never worked out. So it felt like something was wrong with me. And like, I was always a nice guy. Like people knew I was a nice guy, even though I might've been doing like partying and stuff. I was still like a nice dude and, yeah. and, and all that. But, um, but yeah, it just never worked out. So I'm just like, oh, maybe I just have to go after other people. Like even the one time I was with someone, I was a Christian girl, it didn't work out. And they ended up turning atheists and I was just confused. So that's like stuff like that was happening and making me go kind of back and forth in my faith. But, um, then 2020, when a lot of the stuff was going down with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, I really felt God tugging at my heart again to just really lean into him. And he just showed me that a lot of the people I've met in my life and um, a lot of the resources I have were given to me for a purpose and a reason. And then I started using it to like help raise money and funds for um, uh, Just Homes, which is a church, a ministry our church does. And like, just helping um, organize the marches and different things in the skate community. Cause I just realized, okay, I'm, I, I already, I used to do like event planning and stuff in college. So I'm like, I already have this background. So I might as well use it for good. And like, yeah. um, that's just kind of how it started where I was like, okay, let me start hearing God and seeing what his will is for my life and not just make decisions based off of what I think is best for me, but kind of like just, see where he's leading me and directing me. And that helped me just really start living for him like way more. And um, since then, everything's just been amazing. So I met my wife at the skate march. I was, or no, I met my wife at the church march. 
yeah. the same day as the skate march I was organizing, which was on Go Skateboarding Day. So I helped the local um, skate shop in DC organize the skate march. We had like hundreds of skaters come out. Um, That's awesome. And I was telling her during the church march when I met her in the prayer group about my my march coming right after, which was um, even more interesting because it started, the church march started at church, ended at Malcolm X Park, at Meridian Hill Park in DC. And then my march started at Malcolm X Park and went to Freedom Plaza. Oh, wow. So it was just like, everything was just crazy in that regard too. But then, um, yeah, I told her to pray for it. And then it went so well that I had to hit her up later in that week because I got her Instagram and I was just like, it went so well. Thank you for your prayers. And then we just kept talking from there. And that's a whole nother story, which I don't think we have enough time to cover. But but yeah, so basically me and her just got really vulnerable pretty early on because of everything going on in the world at that time. And that made it easier for us to really um, start just talking about like our deepest struggles, which one for me was less. So like I was letting her know everything about that from like pornography to whatever past encounters, sexual yeah. encounters and different things. And um, she was a total opposite of the spectrum, like never like literally waited like it's always been a christian since she was four like like her parents weren't like christian but she knew god for herself since she was a child and clinged to it um she has a, a whole testimony behind her faith too that's like opposite of mine and it just balanced us in such a way that it made it easier for um for me to and her to realize like wow we're really growing each other so fast like let's just get married and we looked into what marriage really meant and like um, we went through like the Michael Todd series and stuff and just researched different things about what biblical marriage means compared to just the culture. And, and then it just made it so easy for us to decide. And then, yeah, so I got married the next year. Um, and there's a little testimony behind how that happened, but God yeah. provided for basically all of it and the honeymoon and everything. So that's like something that now I've used to glorify God because every time people ask about it, I have to tell them about the prayer march and how God brought yeah. me to her because I almost didn't want to go to that march because I was so busy that week but yeah. the, I was like God was telling I just felt him telling me to go so I wasn't going there looking for anyone but I just met her through it so it's it just a that's just a big part of my testimony now because I'm realizing how marriage was meant to glorify God and um it's just amazing to see but yeah um that's awesome bro that's basically it <laughs> That's 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 an incredible testimony. Um, and it, it's it's funny that like you you talk about like the you know peaks and valleys of the journey because it is a journey, you know. And um, I was talking to uh, two of my uh, my buddies who are also believers and um, grew up in the church same way. And then it's kind of like you, until you find out for yourself, you know, you, you're gonna like you're gonna see your friends doing other things, and you're gonna want to like you know uh, see what it is about, you know. And I think and I think a lot of us have very similar testimonies, man. Um, but like I said, yours is beautiful because of the unique, well, just in general, testimonies are beautiful, but the uniqueness of your community, you know, and um, I, I love the story about how you met your wife, honestly, that's, that's um, inspirational, you know, because again, like it does glorify God, you know, and, um, and I think that's super cool. That's super cool. So like, there's a lot of people listening to this podcast, Emo, and they're like, man, I love his testimony. You know, I, I, I love just like how God helped him do a 180. You know, so like, what are some things that like you think will help people as they try to like, you know, grow closer to God themselves? You know, they might be in a similar spot to you your senior year and they want to um, grow closer to God now. What's some things that like you think helped you? Um, I think what's key is just community for one. It's just like you have to you have to ground yourself in like a real Christian community. 
Um, and that can be through serving in the church or um, just like meeting friends and Christian or make, yeah, finding friends in Christian circles, like that are interested in things that you like to do and stuff like that. But um, I just think if you don't have that, it's just so hard to walk it out because all your other friends are gonna be just telling you things opposite to what you believe. And it's gonna make it harder for you just because of the peer pressure and everything to keep standing firm. But um, I would also say you have to be in the word and you have to like try to let God speak to you through the word because you can read a verse different times in your life and he'll speak to you in different ways. If you, you just have to pray before you read for him to give you that clarity and understanding and he'll start revealing things to you that you might have never imagined. And then through that, you just start seeing his plan for your life. And once you start understanding what his plan is or as well as for your life, it just makes life so much more joyful because it's just like you you see your purpose. And I think we all have a purpose. It's just some of us don't um, just don't know what it is because we're not in the word. We're not praying about it. We're not asking God. We're just doing things because we say we look at the culture and we're like, oh, culture says we need to do this. Check off this. Check off that. And um, that would make us happy. And then once you get to that point, you realize you're not happy. <laughs> so it's like I've seen that happen to so many people now in my life, even the Christians. It's cause, and it's because they're not, they're still not fully like dying to self. They're still not letting go of what they think they need and letting God tell them what they need. No, absolutely. And um, yeah, similar to like my other buddies, it's just like the community because we, we sharpen each other, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know. I know me and you are in a prayer group together and like we do get vulnerable and talk about a lot of things that we struggle as men, you know? Um, and I think some of the things that help all of us is to like realize, Hey, you're not alone, you know, in this walk, you know, um, God is always with you. A and then B you have like, you know, your kingdom family that's here with you, um, standing firm, you know, in the battle. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then again, just like knowing, knowing your word, like, I think something that helped me is just like, really, really diving in and like having consistent like self study um mm-hmm. and you're and you're going closer to God. And um I, I know we all again going back to like being around people who also feel the same way about about God as you because you know we all talked about how we all have our own self study. Hey, this is what I do, this is what I do, this is what I do, this is the plan I'm using. You know, and um I think it helps us all, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah, um, I agree. I think something that that really stuck out with me for you, for, for like with you when I met you, was how you like you stand firm and you were like bold and you were just like always like looking to you know confess the gospel to people, you know let them know what truth is, and um I thought that was always super super cool, and I think it's easier if you're like you're you're staying in Christian circles and you're 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 talking about Jesus in Christian circles, but you're going into a different community. And, you know, you're spending the gospel in that community, no matter how it's perceived, you know, the people who you know, might might be shunning God at the moment or don't know, you know, and you're trying to spread the gospel. So I, I say, like, yeah, definitely like, kudos to you. And like, that's inspirational for for us when you when you do that, bro. Most definitely. Yeah, I'd say real quick on that. I think I'm still learning how to best share the gospel, too. Um, yeah. But. But what happened to me, the shift that happened to make it easier was that I'm not focused on, um, I guess the style that I saw growing up was like basically knocking on people's doors and like trying to give them a Bible or uh, whatever, a a track and all that. And like, just like, I don't know, people standing at the bars or like standing 
at yeah. the school at the George Mason and stuff and just like saying, Oh, you're you're going to hell if you don't repent. Yeah. And it's like that's I mean, I, I understand where how that can help in some little ways, but at the same time, if you don't have a relationship with someone, they're not gonna want anything to do with what you have to say. So I realized that like once like I kept asking God this to like let me see his people like he sees them. Because once you understand how God sees everyone, you mm-hmm. learn how to truly love on them. And loving on them means you have to know them. You have to know their name. You have to like ask them how they're doing. Like like if you're in the Uber, like you don't just say you don't just start preaching to them. You say, Oh, what's your name? How are you doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe ask them something about their life and then from there be like, Oh, do you need prayers for that? And then they might be open just to you praying for them. And then that's like a little plant seed planted right there. Cause you can pray yep. in the word to them right there on the spot. And then um, that just does so much more than like, just telling them like, Oh, Jesus Christ, your Lord and savior. Here's a track. And then yeah. thinking that you did your job. So that's, that's been my way and my approach. Cause again, I don't think we can force it on people and God give us free will for a reason to make those choices. But I do think it's good to plant seeds and, it's good to be a light in whatever space you're in. And if you're doing the will of God, he'll He'll direct you to do things that people are going to think is, oh, wow, that's unique or whatever. But it's, it's because it's not because I'm deciding to do it. It's because he's telling me that I should do it this way. And then they start drawing near to you and seeing something different about you. And then you, from there, they'll ask you about the Bible. And that's how I started being able to talk about it because people are asking me. Like I, I'm not like I, I've made it pretty apparent that I'm a Christian. Like I do it yeah. on social media and in certain spaces when I'm leading events, I might sh- shout it out a little bit. But like, I wasn't just going up to people and just like always trying to preach to them. But if they ask me about it, I'll talk. I'll talk to them. Like I'll take time to make sure they really understand how to get in the word and le- have a personal relationship. I I agree, and um and and I, that's what that's what's super big. I think. Um, you know, us as believers, we're peculiar people, you know, so we're, we're, we're in the world, but not of the world. So like we, we, we stand out, you know, and people, people notice like, what's, what is it about this guy? What is it about this guy? And it'll keep like, keep bothering. And they're going to like ask you, they're going to like say, Hey, like, you know, why are you so happy? You know, why are you, where's this, where's this uh, joy, this peace that comes that, that, uh, you know, I feel I'm looking, I'm looking for that, you know, and, um, I might've, you know, shunned the gospel or, uh, growing closer to God before, but like, there's something here, you know, and then you go into community and you're like, oh, these other people have that same thing about them, you know, and, um, and I, you know, same, same way for me, like, I, like, just like, you know, trying to be myself and, um, you know, I feel like it's my duty, you know, mm-hmm. it, it really is a duty to like glorify God because, um, you just living your life trying to grow closer to God and, and then borderline, like, really like, uh, always like hey like is this glorifying god right now like this this this, that constant mode is like i think um you know people people see it you know like what you know so like i definitely see that in you you know and i know like this podcast was super valuable to a lot of people so like email what can people find you and like plug in with you if they have you know any questions they 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 want to like you know maybe go to a skate event where or a bible study you lead or anything like that where can people find you Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm mostly on Instagram, I guess. So <laughs> I'll say, yeah, my Instagram is skateboard homie. So it's SK and then the number eight, then BD. And then homie is emo backwards. So there's no E at the end. It's just H-O-M-I. 
And that's been my that's actually been my tag basically since MySpace days, like middle school. Oh wow! <laughs> so I, I, I just kept it going. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what that what that uh what that was like was. But yeah, you're artist. You're artist. You're artist. No, but um, Emo Marbella, it's been amazing. I, I appreciate you for jumping on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for thanks again for having me. This is a blessing for me as well. Ain't no doubt, brother. And then we're gonna we're gonna do it again, most definitely. Nice. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace. Wow. What a phenomenal episode with my brother, Emo. Like, just a, just a, a young man who's standing bold for Christ. And um, he shares testimony wherever he goes. You know, he has a beautiful wife. And, um, you know, that's a testimony, too. It's like all of it's like glorifying God, you know. And um, he, he just talked about, like, the journey of, like, you know, of growing closer to God, you know, peaks and valleys. And um, I'm super excited for him and his wife and um, he's inspirational to me. And I know he provided a lot of value for everyone listening. Um, So everyone, thank you for listening for the Masses Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to my lovely mother, Alfreda Bullock. She ran her race with elegance and pride. I love you forever.